Hi, we're here from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about whether conspiracy theories are really on the rise, why there may be tens of thousands of black holes in the center of the Milky Way, and the three versions of teen popularity, according to research. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Are conspiracy theories on the rise? Has social media really created a place where Americans believe anything is possible? Well, as reported by The Conversation, you can probably relax because the answer, in short, is no. Unless that's a conspiracy. That's what they want you to think. Oh! (laughs) No, but really, according to a new study, the rise of the Internet has not actually increased the number of Americans who believe in conspiracies. Although, obviously, it is helping conspiracy theorists communicate a lot better. Polling shows that right now, at least 50% of Americans believe in at least one conspiracy theory. We've only been measuring how much people believe in conspiracy theories for the last 10 or 20 years, though. So in order to understand if this phenomenon has changed over time, researchers had to get creative. And by that, I mean they looked at more than 100 years of letters to the editor, which readers had written into the New York Times and the Chicago Tribune. Political scientists Joseph E. Yushinsky and Joseph M. Parent reviewed more than 100,000 letters written between 1890 and 2010. And the review showed absolutely no change in the amount of conspiracy theory belief over time. In fact, the percent of letters about conspiracy theories actually declined from the late 1800s to the 1960s, and they've pretty much remained steady since then. While these researchers looked at data only up until 2010, current polling has not shown any uptick in conspiracy theory belief since then. So why does it feel like everything is a conspiracy? Well, here I like to quote the famous radio broadcaster Paul Harvey, who said, The more things change, the more they stay the same. As the researchers pointed out, this is not the first time Americans have felt surrounded by conspiracies. In 2004, the Boston Globe stated that we are in the golden age of conspiracy theory. Ten years before that, in 1994, the Washington Post declared it's the dawn of a new age of conspiracy theory. So trust us when we tell you there's no increase in conspiracies. It's not a conspiracy. It's backed by data. Or is it? Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) And I've got to admit, I do believe in at least one conspiracy. Which one? Not going to say that. Wow. (laughs) That's a terrible idea. (laughs) At the center of our galaxy, there is a supermassive black hole called Sagittarius A-star. For decades, scientists believed that it, and every supermassive black hole at the center of every galaxy, conjured a particular type of gravitational pull that formed a cusp of stars and black holes around its perimeter. Of course, while we've spotted these clusters of stars, black holes are infamously difficult to see. So this was all theoretical until last year when researchers finally found solid evidence to support the idea of this black hole party. And what they found was awe-inspiring. As in, there may be tens of thousands of black holes in the center of the Milky Way. Absolutely. To put the find in perspective, Chuck Haley, a co-director of the Columbia Astrophysics Lab and lead author on the study, noted that there are only about five dozen known black holes in the entire galaxy which is 100,000 light years wide. But there are supposed to be 10,000 to 20,000 black holes in a region in the middle of our galaxy just six light years wide. But up until last year, no one had been able to find these theoretical black holes. 
In the past, researchers have tried to find these black holes by searching for what are known as black hole binaries. That is, a black hole paired with a high-mass star. Those stars tend to blow off their outer layers to form an accretion disk around the black hole, which heats up and releases a powerful emission of X-rays, which scientists can detect. But this study didn't use that method. Instead, Haley and his team looked for the weak but consistent X-rays emitted by the marriage of a black hole and a low-mass star. If they could find these and they know what fraction of black holes will mate with low-mass stars, they could scientifically infer the population of black holes that aren't paired with any stars. The team searched through data collected by the Chandra X-ray Observatory and found 12 of these binaries within three light years of Sagittarius A star. Based on this, they extrapolated that there must be anywhere from 300 to 500 of the same kinds of black hole binaries in the area surrounding the supermassive black hole and roughly 10,000 isolated black holes. This was a huge discovery. It's especially important for the new but growing area of gravitational wave detection, since knowing how many black holes there are makes it easier to predict how many gravitational waves might result from their collisions. According to Haley, all the information astrophysicists need is at the center of the galaxy. Or is it? (laughs) Let's talk teen popularity. According to new research, not all teen popularity is created equal. I mean, think about it. Harry Potter and Draco Malfoy were both popular, but wildly different. Same with Zach Morris and A.C. Slater at Bayside High, right? Yeah, well, that's because it turns out that being popular is not the same as being liked. Mind blown, right? You know, my mom listens to this podcast, and so I feel like it's important to mention that she was puzzled when I was in junior high and high school that the popular girls were mean to me. And she was like, how can the popular girls be mean? Nobody would like them and they wouldn't be popular. And she just didn't get it. Now science is on my side. Wow. (laughs) Well, I don't have this issue because I was prom king. No, you weren't. Yeah, I was. Seriously? You didn't know that? Oh, wow. This podcast has changed. (laughs) I didn't realize that this was the dynamic we had. Who knew? (laughs) Look, let's get to that later. First, the science. Researchers from Florida Atlantic University conducted a study that determined there are at least three versions of teen popularity. This study took place over two years, and researchers followed more than 500 middle schoolers during that time, with an average age of 12 and a half years old at the beginning of the study. The researchers took a page out of the Mean Girls Burn book by asking those teenagers to rank their peers. For science, of course. Yes, they filled out questionnaires on stuff like who they thought was the most aggressive, who was the most rejected, who got laughed at, who got angry, stuff like that. And in the end, the researchers found that teens formed three distinct categories of popularity. They are pro-social popular, aggressive popular, and bi-strategic popular. So let me break those down. The pro-social popular teens are the ones you would want your kid to be. Class president, prom planners, the ones who want to get along and have fun with everyone. This was the most common form of popularity in the study at about 20% of the teens, including me. Then there's aggressive popular teens, and they read more like bullies. They are antagonistic, and they stay on top with coercion and anger. These are the teens who will make up horrible nicknames for other kids that everyone laughs at. They are not particularly well-liked or emotionally well-adjusted. 
And fortunately, this is the least common kind of popularity, accounting for just under 5% of teens. And the third category is bi-strategic popularity. This is the Mean Girls variety of popular, and it covered about 12% of teens. These teens scored high on aggression, but also on that pro-social friendly behavior. Basically, they can be mean when they need to, and then play nice right after. There's no correlation with how emotionally well-adjusted these kids are, and these teens' tendency to break the rules could be good or bad depending on the situation. The takeaway from this study is that teen popularity is more than just dictionary definitions. Sometimes it comes with a helping of fear, with admiration optional. And remember, kids, popularity isn't everything. Although being prom king was awesome. <laughs> I can't believe you. But I will say, I only became kind of popular starting in high school because in middle school, there was this kid who was totally the aggressive popular type, and he moved! His family moved him to another state. Wow. And when we entered freshman year of high school, my life was so much better, and people started to like me because I wasn't picked on. It was the best. That he, is what every kid dreams of. Yeah. Then he tried to add me as a friend on Facebook, and then he like commented on a post I said and was like, well, that's the Cody I know. Blocked. I'm like, the Cody you know? Really? <laughs> the one who's cooler than you are? <laughs> Go enjoy your other state, jerk. And now let's recap what we learned today. Today we learned that conspiracy theories are not on the rise, despite what it feels like. And that there may be tens of thousands of black holes in the center of the Milky Way. And that just because you're popular doesn't mean people like you. There are three versions of teen popularity, and it's up to you to make sure you or your kids are the well-adjusted kind. We also learned that I was prom king. I was banned popular. That is not real popular. <laughs> hey, I played in marching band as well, and band popular is just as good of a popular as any other popular. <laughs> Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Stay curious. Stay curious.